Broadcasting from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia to around the globe. You're listening to Shark Bite Biz, your exclusive place for business strategy, sales, marketing, and tech in the roaring 20s. And now, here's your host, David Strausser. I'm your rockin' host, David Strausser, and it's time for another episode of Shark Bite Biz, your place to learn how to grow a business during complete chaos. We've got a fun show today. Another one of those people that I can just jump into an interview with, and I kind of just get lost in the conversation. These types of interviews, at least to me, usually end up being one of my favorites, and I hope you all love them as well, too, because I really do get lost in them, and I really lose track of time. So again, I really enjoyed this, and I hope you all do, too. So you've probably heard the word serial entrepreneur. This word is gaining steam and being more and more popular as time goes on. Entrepreneurs and serial entrepreneurs are two different breeds of people. A lot of entrepreneurs are the creative types, like we've talked about, or people that are like, hey, let's reinvent the wheel, but we're going to do it my way and we're going to make it better, okay? Serial entrepreneurs are people that just kind of... You know, they got that itch, and that itch just won't go away if they start one business. No, they've got to be doing like 30 businesses. I mean, look at Elon Musk. You have Elon Musk with, what, SpaceX, Tesla, the Boring Company, and who knows how many more. But if you have that itch, and you are programmed like that, this is the episode for you. For today's episode, we're going to be talking to one of those serial entrepreneurs. We're going to be finding out about how to juggle each one of those types of businesses while being able to give the proper amount of time to them. Just like Elon does with his three different businesses. Or you can look at Jack Dorsey, who is Square and Twitter. And it's like at noon, Jack checks out of Twitter and goes right to Square, where he's the CEO of that company as well, too. I mean, you really can juggle multiple types of businesses and be able to give them all the TLC that they need. It all comes around, though, delegating and having the right people around you. So we're going to chat with somebody also today that's going to give us the insight into what owning multiple businesses has taught her. So who is today's guest? Oh, so glad you asked. Lisa Crum Anheuser. Lisa Crum Anheuser, CPCE, is the founder and owner of Creating the Map for Success. She shares her knowledge with wedding and event businesses by educating via one-on-one consultation and speaking engagements. Lisa is a graduate of the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses Program and Harvard's Consultancy Course. She also has a bachelor's degree in journalism, marketing from Louisiana State University. And more recently, she received the designation of Certified Professional in Catering and Events, CPCE, from the National Association 
for catering and events at ACE. <laughs> That's enough with acronyms for me. Let's just bring Lisa on in here. Business operations. Lisa, welcome to Shark Bite Biz. So glad to have you here today. So glad to be here. Thanks for uh, having me. I could tell by that huge grin you have on your face. <laughs> yes. Good to be Good. heard during uh, our stay at home time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I hear you. So, we have a tradition on this show. All my listeners know this. Very first question What's your experience? What's your background? What's your expertise? What's your business? What makes Lisa Lisa? Oh, wow. <laughs> Loaded question um, to start it off. It is a loaded question because there's a big response to that one. Um, started out in retail, went to college, so I didn't have to work retail. Got out of college mm -hmm. and went back to retail <laughs> because <laughs> uh, entry level jobs, you know, start low. So, hey, I'm already yeah. experienced. Let's go. Entrepreneurial from a very young age. I got that from my parents and my grandparents. Um, what, what would you consider a very young age? I mean, were you like a teenager? Were you a little, like a little girl just dreaming like, Hey, I want to be a business owner. Oh, well, so my grandmother had an antique shop, um, yeah. which I ended up doing later on, but, uh, used to go out and, you know, it was purchasing, cleaning, putting it on the shelf, selling yeah. it. So, you know, the whole nine yards. At 12, I would come home from school, get a snack, go down to the corner shop, which was my parents, and yeah. relieve my mom so she could go home and get my brother off the school bus and take care of him. I could tell you uh, how much mortar you needed to do a Z brick wall. I could tell you <laughs> how many 12. boxes of Z brick. I, I remember That's installing amazing. fireplaces. Yeah. So <laughs> oh, very yeah, young. My father owned the construction business and that's where I think I've got my entrepreneurial spirit as well too, because, you know, you're growing up with it. I mean, yeah, it was a small, small uh, firm doing roofing, siding windows and yeah. stuff, but that always inspired me to, I want to do business. I want to do business, you know? So I, I definitely relate with your story there. It's instant gratification working with the customer. Mm -hmm. uh, did a lot of big box retail, um, Macy's, linens and things, kitchen and company, Barnes and Noble. I have a yeah. Macy's addiction, but uh, okay. in fact, I got this shirt at Macy's. <laughs> I have to say, you know, the smartest thing that they did was your discount, your employee discount was tied to your credit card. They gave us a credit card. So everything uh, you bought to get your discount, you had to do it on the credit card. Hey, credit card, that's easy. I spent yeah. more than I made, so <laughs> it was always a wash. <laughs> and yeah, I yeah. that everywhere I went because I enjoyed the places that I worked. So ended up uh, leaving my paycheck there usually. <laughs> uh. Well, I mean, in a way, that's a good thing because you have to be happy where you're working to, I Absolutely. think, have true success, right? Yeah, and I think uh, that's why I started my own business. Um, Kitchen and Company was pretty much the last one. And when they filed bankruptcy, everybody said, uh, what are you going to do? And I said, 
um, not going back to work for someone else. And I had yes. kind of already started the side project with the chair covers and sashes and um, just went after it and spent 25 years. So obviously I did wow. something right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Other businesses in between and ongoing. So, yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're a true entrepreneur from the way up and the business that you've been doing for 25 years, was that the first one you launched yourself? Yes. And I wow. actually, I kind of a continuation business. I launched it. The first one was tables and trimmings. I ended up selling it to a larger uh, rental company here in Houston thought, Oh my gosh, you know, uh, you take out your first loans and that mm -hmm. kind of is scary. If you've never mm. been in business before, never taken out a loan, now yeah. you have debt. Um, I had uh, three CEOs at home or CFOs at home um, watching over what I was spending and, you know, putting in their two cents. So it, it's kind of a panic situation. Um, so I sold it. Uh, went to work for them for six months to transition, learned a lot of mm -hmm. what I did not want to be <laughs> and right. then how to do it right uh, next that, time. I think that's a very important thing that people have to learn throughout the course of their life, preferably their younger adult years, what they don't want to be. Yes. Identify that because if you just keep going with the flow and you don't identify or realize that, I mean, you're really setting yourself up for a miserable life, I think. You are. And I talk about that a lot too, about personal goals. You've got yeah. to, you've got to establish, you know, what, what are those things that you want personally for mm -hmm. you? not for your family, but for you, then you have to get with your partner. And if you already have children, when you're doing this, you have to take into account your children too, because you've got to, to all pull those, those goals, those personal goals. What do you want out of life? Those personal mm -hmm. goals together so that you have a family goal. If you don't have a family goal and you guys aren't working together as a team, well, I can tell you who you're going to be talking to in a couple of years. <laughs> Probably Elizabeth Yang, who was uh, on episode three, and she's a very good divorce lawyer. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. You're exactly right. Um, so, I actually was talking to somebody about that this morning, and not necessarily the divorce lawyer, but, you know, they took the personality goals quiz and, you know, said, well, I only found one area that relates to my uh, my career, but I'm lacking in so many. My score was so low. Uh, obviously, as you go forward, you are going to have a lot of aha moments as uh -huh. you think about those personal goals and that quiz and the way that you answered and think about how it ties into you know your home life and into your career. The choices oh, yeah. that you're making might be personal, very personal. And, and that's the thing. A lot of people all know, oh, yeah, I have goals and they just have them in their head. But actually writing them out or doing the quiz like you're saying, I mean, that's 
completely different. That's where you're going to identify the the gaps, as you yeah. have said. So what is the quiz that you're talking about? I, I put together. You reeled me in on that one. Let's oh, hear about I'm it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. Um, it's a uh, measures and metrics or metrics and measures, I think it is. And it's a personal goals worksheet. And I did it on, a, on an Excel spreadsheet, um, worked it out so that it's self-scoring. You can enter your answers in a number of, I think it's one to 10 on your personal satisfaction in five different areas. And, um, you know, a lot of it is, you know, quality, interpersonal uh, relationships at home with your family, with friends. Mm -hmm. Are you making new friends? Um, you know, what is your satisfaction with your wealth? You know, do you have money in the bank? Right. You feel good about where you are right now about your career? Are you happy with the amount of time that you spend at work and at home? Mm -hmm. It's just it's questions to get you thinking. And a lot of people don't think about those things specifically, which, you know, then if you're questioned by somebody, you would have plausible deniability because, oh, I never wrote it down. Once yeah. you wrote, write it down, you you're locked it. in. You know <laughs> yeah. what that answer is and you need to do something about it. So one question I have, we're talking individual goals and then we're talking family goals. Let's put the career goals to the side for a second. Let's just look at individual and family goals. What, I mean, there, there's obviously going to be some crossover for individual to family. I mean, at yes. least one would hope. You're but, <laughs> right. I mean, to me, I kind of feel personally, I should put some of my core individual goals first, because that is what's usually going to allow me to achieve some of those family goals. Is that the right thinking or is that me being selfish? No, um, you know, you have to start out with your own personal goals. Because you then want to go with your partner mm -hmm. and, and structure family goals. But how can you do that if you're answering for the other person? You know, right. when I, and, and this is why I believe so strongly in this. Um, I was married for 30 years and mm -hmm. I would have to say, that I did not have personal goals because, mm -hmm. and I, you know, I don't want to make this sound bad because I mean, it was really, you know, 30 years, it was a good relationship. Yeah. Was well, just smile when you say it and then it'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I always put everyone else's interests mm -hmm. above mine. So I wasn't happy. Right. Um, and I went through the, the same thing. thing. I, I feel you with that. And the thing that made me happy was my job. And mm -hmm. I enjoyed that because it was mine. And I didn't have to answer to anyone else, especially as an entrepreneur. I didn't have to answer to anyone else. I set my hours. I did what I needed to do. But then I was told that that wasn't conducive to our family goals, 
that um, we mm -hmm. had decided that, you know, we were going to spend this much time. Okay, so if I'm not spending enough time at home and you say I should go back to my nine to five retail job, I was yeah. working on a 12 week schedule, which is what we got from the store. I had one and a half weekends off in 12 weeks wow. and I worked three nights a week. So where does my schedule as an entrepreneur who can come home when I need to and go to work when I need to different from that retail schedule? It's right. not, it's just a perception. And it's because we did not sit down and specifically talk about how we were going to achieve those goals together. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean that, that makes sense. And I definitely feel like, uh, feel from that. I've pretty much have worked from home since before it was cool. You know, <laughs> I've been doing it probably all of, uh, this past decade and I I've been very lucky in that aspect, but it comes down to performance. You know, if you're performing Absolutely. and they can see your performance, I mean, they're, totally good with that. And, you know, for me, that's always been hard, especially with the level of positions that I have where, yes, there might be, you know, sales rep might be having a sale that's happening at eight o'clock at night because that's when the owner of the business is available. I've got to be available. Or this past weekend, we had an issue with a client and I had to, which is rare on the weekends that it's like, hey, drop everything. We need yeah. you. This is my first time in five years for that. But, you know, occasional phone calls. And, you know, it's it, it just weird because it, 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 I see, you know, home, even though I'm working at home, I'm here all the time. I'm constantly in and out of my home office and stuff. But the, the timeline seemed to not match up perfectly, you know, like you were uh talking about with your situation because there's no separation when you're working from home that's um, yeah. another thing I was talking to someone else about yesterday is uh my favorite my favorite time to work is the morning and I yeah. right now have a hard time walking away from everybody and saying okay go away now I need to work because <laughs> you're yeah. in the same house um, I really enjoyed when my kids were still in school and I was taking them to school in the morning because, mm -hmm. you know, middle school, you had to get there really early. And I was in my office before anyone else got there. I had a lot of alone time. It was a great time to get things done, to uh, write articles, to write blogs, to answer emails. You know, and now I feel like I'm taking time away from everybody when uh -huh. really they have more time than they've ever had. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 100% son, I agree with that. Yeah. Talking to my son, my son said, oh, you know, uh, when we were growing up, you were never there. I said, really? Because I took you to school. I picked you up from school. We came home. We had a snack. We talked. We got you ready for baseball practice. I took you to baseball practice with my laptop. <laughs> um, I took you home from baseball practice. I was on the board of swim team baseball. I was the president of the soccer club. Exactly when was I not there? <laughs> right, right. And I think, you know, this is a very important topic because I think 
many business people, especially now with being forced to work from home and stuff with the virus, how it's uprooted our, our lives, the family's home pretty much all the time because there's really no soccer practice or football yeah. practice right now. It's been canceled in most places. And I, I've got to, I, I've got a hunch that I'm probably not the only person that feels like this or like what you went through. I think there's a lot of people out there that you're speaking to as we kind of talk through this stuff. Uh, I think so. And I think it's going to be really hard when we do go back to quote unquote normal life, uh, mm -hmm. normal office life. Um, because I think that a lot of kids are going to react the way that my son did. And even though you are spending a lot of time because it's so normal to them right mm -hmm. now, uh, later they're going to say, well, you were never there. Um, mm -hmm. I was there and, and I am there. And mm -hmm. that's just, that's why it's so important to sit down with your kids when you have a, a goal session, you know, these are the goals. This is my job. This is your dad's job. This is your job. And we had a lot of those discussions with our kids um, as they were in middle school. You know, this is your job. Um, yeah. And you go to your job from this time to this time. And then when you come home, you have homework, just like I have homework. Um, my job pays a little better than yours does. So I work a few more hours than you do. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, it's just, it's so important. Everybody pay plays a part in, in the family dynamic. So they should have kind of a say in, in what your goals are and what your goals. Yeah. yeah. I want you to spend more time with us on the weekends um, when you come home, I want you to not be on the phone when we have dinner. I mean, those are simple requests, but they're huge to a kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, especially a seven-year-old girl. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> my guess. Uh, so, you know, first off, I've got to say, Lisa, I'm confused right now. I don't know if I am doing a podcast interview or if you're giving me a free therapy session, oh, but either way, I love it. <laughs> I love it. This is incredible. So let's get back to some of the core business topics here. Um, you know, I want to step back a little bit ago, a couple minutes ago, you had said about how you know, like the first time you got alone, the stress, the feeling that you had when you had to get that business loan. What about the current pandemic with PPP? Have you had to tap into any of those resources? How should people feel if they had to get PPP to be able to survive? I think that that whole thing is so scary because as a business owner and having gone through a lot of hurricanes and shutdowns in yep. Houston for various reasons. Um, I think of crisis management a lot, um, you know, and everybody should take the opportunity, just like you're doing that personal goal analysis to do a SWOT analysis. Yeah. Of, um, you know, things that are out there that could happen. And I have to tell you, <laughs> a government pandemic shutdown was never even remotely on my trash and burn scenario. 
Um, but having dealt with hurricanes and things like that, it is, I mean, uh, hurricane shorter time period, uh-huh. um, pandemic, it's now been eight months that my business has been effectively closed. And wow. eight months, um, yeah, I could take a PPP loan and I could have, um, you know, I could probably have it forgiven. But um, I don't know, you know, my fear is what if it's not forgiven? And I'm sure a lot of people are, are in that same thing. I ended up taking an EIDL and EIDL is a reduced rate over 20 mm-hmm. years, which is like a mortgage. And now, you know, I when I when you took it, you thought, oh, you know, we're going to be back up and running really soon. I'm going to have the money in the bank. No, it's been eight months, eight months of rent, eight months of electricity, eight months of internet, eight months of um, phones, eight months of bills that you are never going to recover. Yeah, it is. It is. So how many businesses exactly have you owned over the uh, the years? Um, Well, uh, LBL event rentals is the second incarnation of that, of that one, uh, stream. And then I had, uh, an antique shop, Sugarland Antiques, um, which I got rid of, um, (laughs) last year. So going through Goldman Sachs, uh, 10,000 small businesses, you know, made me realize that I needed to focus on one business. Mm -hmm. Um, I also had Southern Hospitality Coffee Company, which I still have. And because we were uh, forced to close the warehouse for LBL and we ended up moving it, um, Mm -hmm. I brought the coffee company home, (laughs) put it all (laughs) online and uh, I'm just operating it online. You make fresh coffee with that or is it like, um, what is that exactly? um, it's all beans. So yeah, we ship all over the country. Uh, that's cool. So my wife is Peruvian. <laughs> my wife is Peruvian and at her mom's house down in Lima, Peru, there they have a actual coffee tree. And awesome. yeah, so they always get, you know, fresh coffee, roast it, ground it up uh, right there from the tree. And whenever her mom comes up here, she brings us like a, a thermos full of just dry, roasted uh, ground. And it's always good. It's strong. I'm telling you what. It's you. some good stuff. <laughs> but it's the freshest coffee I've ever had. It's It's amazing. I love it. Yeah, best beans make the best coffee. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. What about the one? Sorry, this is totally sidetracked. But what about the ones where the elephants eat them and then it goes and Not leaves them? Okay. <laughs> you, you think that's just like a gimmick? They're expensive. No, it's, it's, they're, what they're doing is they're eating the fruit. So instead of waiting for the fruit to dry and the bean, you know, it to fall off the bean and, yeah. you know, dry out, you're just getting a faster reaction, a little acid, <laughs> stomach acid in action in there. 
So, uh, you know, hopefully they're washed really well before they're roasted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that's crazy. I've seen that. <laughs> I, I, I can't. I, I don't can't know. Do Maybe once in my life, you know, as an end cup. But, you know, I'm not I'm not willing to mess with that. <laughs> I don't know. I've eaten some weird things throughout South America, but that is still something that don't hurts do. the stomach a little bit. Yeah. I just yeah. don't see a reason. There's plenty of good beans exactly. out there. I don't need to do that. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So how do you find yourself juggling? I mean, we, we've talked about the, you know, the, the family life balance and stuff like that. But how do you find yourself then juggling all the different businesses so that you can dedicate the right amount of time to each business line? I mean, besides yourself, I mean, another famous person that does it really is uh, like Elon Musk with, you know, Tesla, SpaceX and um, uh, uh, the boring company, you know, three high profile companies. But you know, he's also got a million advisors around him that are able to make that load a little bit easier. I'm assuming you don't have those million advisors. So how do you do it? I don't have the million advisors, but um, I have taken advantage of uh, mentorship groups, um, CEO roundtables, and uh, I did just participate in the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Business Program, which was uh, really great to find people in other fields who are doing the same thing that I'm doing. Maybe not right. as much of it, but you know, still doing it. Um, one of the things is just key people. Um, mm -hmm. Even when I worked retail, um, my whole thing was to find someone in my business who wanted to move up, who wanted the responsibility, who wanted to take the next, next step, and you want to mentor them. And the easiest way to do that is to teach them how to do your job and have yeah. them do your job. Having people are fearful and, of doing that though, because they're like, ah, oh, they're going to replace me. Or, but that's a bad manager. Because right. That's manager, how I feel. Yeah. A good manager is always training their replacement. And yeah. that is always what I did. My uh, district manager used to say, you run a country club. You just have such a good time here. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's how a job should be. And yeah. that's why we were, you know, number three in the country. <laughs> right. And that's, <laughs> you know, good. it's like, if you run it like that, then when you do have real problems, they're so much easier to get through because your team is doing it for you uh, just as much as the company. They want to help you because they realize the problems you have. Absolutely. Um, I want to mention too, you know, we just had episode 36 with Curtis Smith, which was exactly on that topic that you just mentioned of coaching high potentials and yeah. identifying those people and really teaching them and to do it in a way that is without fear, you know? Yeah. So that way, um, you know, if you get the way that I do it, especially in sales, sales is like a dog eat dog world and people are fearful. I don't want to train him. It's kind of like football with a quarterback. You don't want to train the guy who's going to replace you as soon as he get injured. But that's the wrong mentality, I think, at least in the sales business world, because me training that person, giving them the insight, if they do a 
better than I do. That's good. That's a reflection on me, my ability, my skills. Absolutely. Uh, You know, they always say there's no I in team. You know, you have to. Unless you're with Apple, then it's I team. Yeah, yeah, then it is IT. You're absolutely right, and I'm totally on an apple, and I there you go. An apple in my pocket, so yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's so important to to realize that you're only successful if the people around you are successful. And and I always like to use Michael Jordan. You know, when Michael Jordan was an individual player, Michael Jordan didn't win any championships. When Michael Jordan realized that it was a team sport and only by uh, realizing that bringing those people in to the conversation and having um, them be part of the system, did they mm-hmm. win championships? It takes oh yeah, it takes a great team. And that's how I, I was successful. You know, I could do the things that I did because, um, you know, there is a and I can't think of who it was, but gave an amazing talk on uh, being a number two. And yeah. you know, it it's not a bad thing to be a number two. I think that was that Scotty Pippen. Um, you With know, Michael I, Jordan. But I mean, an amazing number two is is an entrepreneur also yeah. in in, yeah. in that vein because they're the one who's leading the team. I mean, they're going for input to the owner, mm-hmm. um, you know, to the CEO, to the CFO, yep, yep. but they're running an organization. And by having an amazing, amazing, I have an amazing number two, um, yeah. am I able to do the things that I do? And, you know, um, we have known each other for so long Uh, 24 years, (laughs) we've known each other, we've worked together for 18 um, in that business, but she knows what she needs to do to make me successful in my other businesses too, because we work so well together and we're so in tune. No, that's great. And as you're, you're talking there, one story comes to mind is I once got a contract to help out a retail store, a sprint store. Um, this is maybe 2012-ish. They're like, hey, look, can't afford to hire you full-time. Uh, here's a contract. I was doing independent consulting work at that time. Yeah. And they gave me a, a four-month contract. They're like, hey, come in work hands-on in this store because it's severely underperforming, get it turned around and you'll make bank for those four months. And I had no idea really what I was walking into with them, but it turned out they had the talent, just the salespeople didn't know how to actually sell. They were young, not real experience. They're used to, you know, just regular like Macy's retail. You come in, they ring them up. You know, they're not used to uh, positioning value and, and you know, going down a sales, you know, sales system path. And the very first month that I was there, it was very much hands-on showing them that, hey, look, these sales can be made and I'm going to show you how to do it for the first month. This is a store they did maybe 40 net uh, net new activations 
as the best that they've ever done in a month. My very first month, I went in there, I did 117 net new activations myself. And every single uh, salesperson on that team all had at least 35 or higher. So they were essentially at each individual was essentially at what the previous whole store month record was. And that's because, you know, I was able to bring the team with me. I know throughout the six month period, uh, that was obviously their highest month, but they were averaging for six months then about a hundred net new activations. Once they just learned the simple sales process of how to sell, are you selling, you know, our devices or are plans more important to them? Go down a path and then, you know, work the value and, and then cover the other one. And it was, uh, it was a fun experience. But I think that is a perfect analogy to kind of what you're saying with bringing the team with you as well, too, because it does bring everybody else will rise to the occasion, but you have to have someone that's trusted as that number two, that number three, that number four person to be able to do that. Yeah, I think that that's uh, why retail, uh, <laughs> I think that's why retail has kind of fallen by the wayside because mm-hmm. when you go in and shop now, it's not like it was, and I have to say, um, I understand what you're saying, um, you know, and using Macy's as that analogy, but when I worked there mm-hmm. and, you know, we're talking about 25 years ago, probably yeah. more, 30 years ago, it was uh, a different beast. Um, oh, yeah. That was old, old school retail. You know, we were hands-on. I was in the house. They were more sales, sales yeah, people. We were sales driven and Every employee in my department, in the housewares department, was excited for one day sale. How many of this can we sell? Yeah. Uh, you know, we need to tell corporate, we need more because we know that we are going to blow yeah. those. <laughs> you know, and it yeah. was back at high. Now they're order takers. <laughs> and yeah. we won contest after contest because mm-hmm. I got excited. All my people got excited. You know, and we were out there and we were pushing and driving and, oh, let's get this. And, oh, my gosh, you know, we made our own contests in our mm-hmm. I think two things changed that culture. One is obviously the Internet. But number two, and this kind of goes back with the Internet and e-com too, but education, the customer, the level of knowledge that customers have now when they're coming to you very rare i think that they know nothing if they're trying to buy a tv you know they they do their research understand more and because of that you know they're able to get um you know i i guess less experienced younger type people um more entry level mistake that's where they make their mistake oh yeah the customer the consumer is more educated it's a sure sale they're coming to you with all of that knowledge they want what you've got the young kid is going to turn them off it turns me off i don't want to go But I refuse to buy on the internet. I want to go in. I want to have yeah. the experience. I want to touch it, feel it, and take it home. And it irritates me when I go in and I get someone 
who first of all knows nothing and second, even worse, does not care if they make that Uh sale or not. Oh my God, I'm coming to you. Why are you handing me a coupon when I walk in the door? Come on. That is the exact reason why uh, I love T-Mobile. I've been with T-Mobile for, I don't know. Oh my God, I had a prime in T-Mobile forever. (laughs) Yeah, I've been with them for like 10 or 11 years because I liked how... Uh, first off, their CEO, and I always say is, I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but John Legere yeah. or Legere, whatever it's called. Uh, I mean, that guy is amazing with what he did with, with T-Mobile and how he turned that business around. Now, even with that, I just because of exactly what you were saying, I hate going to t-mobile stores i hate going to any cellular store you know be why well because i'm in tech i use all bleeding tech um i know android inside and out i know i mean i don't want to toot my horn but i know 10 times more probably than any employee in that store and they're there trying to tell me how it's like dude don't even open up my phone don't start it up don't read don't do any of that you're going to cause me more pain all i'm going to do is reset it as soon as i walk out the store yeah i have a specific way that i do things and i want it done that way and it's it's like the biggest turnoff so because of that i only end up buying through either their customer care number or through online just to avoid the store I can understand that. I can. I always go to Apple. I want them to give me the whole dog and pony show. I already know what I'm going in there for. And I, like I know what I'm going to get when I walk out, but I yeah. still give me the dog and pony show. Right, right, right. It's so funny. we do got, we, we do got to get rolling here. Um, if you could quickly, just as a last, last final question, what advice would you give to a business owner who is considering like adding another business to their plate? Words of wisdom. I think long and hard about that. Um, You know, it's kind of that multitasking thing. You think you're really good at multitasking, Mm -hmm. but all you're doing is you're taking away uh, resources from one to give to another. Um, If you have a strong number two in your first business, then yes, absolutely look at a pivot, Mm -hmm. look at another cash flow opportunity. Um, You know, don't just dive into it because you've got time on your hands. Wrong wrong reason. No, that that's great, great advice. And people, please take that to uh, heart. So Lisa, how can people get in contact with you? With me, I have um, actually taken my consulting business. I, I consult with small businesses um, to another level and um, they can reach me on my site, lisa at creatingthemap.com or... Okay. Uh, consult at lisaanheiser.com either one <laughs> kind of transitioning. Perfect. we will definitely make sure that we had the links in the description whether you're on youtube itunes spotify uh wherever you're at we're gonna have the link down there please make sure you reach out to lisa this was an incredible incredible fun-filled interview i love talking with you 
You were amazing. Oh, I love this. Oh, thanks. I'm definitely not cutting that part out of the video. So that's staying. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I might put that to the beginning of the interview just to set Absolutely. the tone. There you go. Thank you very much, Lisa. I appreciate your time. Thank you. There it was. That was amazing, wasn't it? Lisa, if you're out there and I know you are watching, you rock. This was so fun and so informative, really down-to-earth, personal, gritty conversation. Oh, I love it. First off, you know the routine. Do me a solid. Smash that like button. Smash that subscribe button. Remember, okay? This is a small business video podcast. This is a journey. It's a journey of professional and personal growth. We can only do that if you all subscribe to this channel, help us grow, watch the episodes, comment on the episodes, okay? We come out with a new episode every Monday and every Thursday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you really want to help this channel grow, simply visit our Teespring store. The link is down in the description. You can get some great merchandise like this. There's t-shirts, there's pillows, there's crazy things like that. You'll find it in the Teespring store below. But if you don't want to spend money, because I don't need you to spend money on this channel, what I do want you to do, though, do me a solid, okay? Really. Do me a huge, huge favor. Share this video and let's get Shark Bite Biz and Lisa Crum Anheuser trending right now. Share this onto your LinkedIn profile, your Facebook, your Twitter. Let's see if we can get Shark Bite Biz and Lisa trending. Now, let's get back to Lisa. Something I preach on this show many, many times is the work-life balance. And that is really critical for success. And it's funny how impressionable memory is, how everybody can see the same thing in a different light. Like, for example, if you have five eyewitnesses, that's going to equal five different stories. Entrepreneurs spend countless hours building their businesses. Their families depend on it. Their employees and their families count on it. Suppliers count on it, and so on and so on. I think what Lisa told us with her story about her son thinking, oh, you were never there, but she was, is important. I've heard that a ton throughout my personal life. I always have that accusation, and it's like I was there. I was just playing hide-and-go-seek with you guys a couple hours ago during my lunch break. Like, how can you not see this? I don't, I don't get it. I hear it almost weekly, to be honest, and I'm sure many of you out there have heard it too. So how do we get around that? I'd like to think most of you are actually spending time with your family, but you're not getting the credit that you all deserve. So how do we balance that out with our desire of just creating a phenomenal business and just having a ton of success? How can you make the most out of spending time with your family while still feeling that you're out there carrying out those business goals. It's a very tough line to work. And I'd love to hear all of your thoughts about what you do in that same situation. Or, or, or let's just put it out there. 
maybe Lisa and I are just both crazy and we're the only two people in business that ever hear that. <laughs> I kind of doubt it, but I'd really love to hear what everybody out there feels on that same subject. I also really loved her advice about being able to manage each business. Basically, it's find your own mini me. Find that next person in line that wants to move up and teach them how to do your job. Allow them to learn and grow into the position. And then you can delegate tasks with success, knowing your business is in great hands. Lastly, we are in a tough time right now. As Lisa said, she thinks about crisis management a lot. Now is probably a pretty darn good time to do a SWOT analysis, as she suggested, because there are just so many variables in this current business environment that you really need to be prepared for. We keep getting twists and turns, and who knows where business will be in just a few months from now. So today's discussion question, I mentioned it before, and it is as a business owner, a manager, a business-minded person, somebody who just loves their job, loves success, and loves giving it at their all, how do you show your family the love they need while fulfilling your desire to do more business? Leave a comment below. Let's discuss. This is a fun, interesting topic. Love to hear everybody's feedback on this. So do you want to be a guest in the show? Do you have a great business story just like Lisa did today? Do you want to come on, talk about it, and I'll give my analysis. We'll have a good conversation. We'll have a good conversation. Well, do me a favor. Shoot me out an email, david at sharkbitebiz.com. Look, there is about a six-week wait from the time that you contact me before recording. This show has been immensely popular. A lot of people want to come on. So send it. We'll get you scheduled. You'll get on. You'll get aired. Trust me. And in the future, you know, we keep getting more subscribers, stuff like that. So wherever you are out there in internet land, remember, I'm David Strasser. This is Shark Fight Biz. And we'll see you all again next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Shark Bite Biz. We hope you got some insightful info from this podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app and visit us on the web at www.sharkbitebiz.com. How has business changed for you in the 20s? Email us at podcast at sharkbitebiz.com so you can join us and share your story.